1001 Books podcast where we normally read the 1001 books the experts say you're supposed to read before you die and decide if they're worth your time, but that's not what we're doing today. I'm Chelsea, a lover of Harry Potter and any fantasy book with a strong female lead. And I'm Nicole, also a lover of Harry Potter and any book with even a tiny bit of time travel in it. Yeah. Welcome to today's mini-sode where we review our 2019 reading lives and tell you about some books that we loved and generally reflect on our year. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to do this. I feel like overall I had a good reading year. Me too. You know, I was looking back over the books that I read and I there was some, I feel like when I looked at the books I read this year, it was like I read outside of the podcast books. Like I read very much in my wheelhouse, like and I read several really outstanding books. I read almost all fantasy mm-hmm. and like socially aware fiction, you know, fiction that makes you think about social issues, which those are really my two favorite things. So I think it was a good year. Yeah, I um, I felt like when I was adding up my numbers for what I've read and how I read, it was heavy on the things I like, but there was also some balance of bringing in some other things this year, which felt good. Um, and not just through podcast books, but through like choices I was making in my own reading life. So I'm pretty excited to talk yeah. about it. So should we talk first about our reading goals that we had set for 2019? Yes. So we did this, it. we did an episode at the beginning of the year about the goals that we had set. And um, we set three goals. Mine were to read a hundred books um, read at least three books of poetry and read all the books that won 2018 Goodreads Awards. I did not achieve all of these goals. I read <laughs> 76 books and I did. I read five books of poetry. So you surpassed yes. that one. And I did put the books on hold from the library that I, I read. I think I read maybe two books that had won awards and I had already read some. And then I put the other ones on hold and then they came and guess what? I'm not interested in them and that's why I don't usually, and then I put, sent them right back. (laughs) Um, So a little bit of a, you know, you don't know until you try. How, how, how are your goals? Um, My goal was a hundred books. I said I was going to DNF books that I did not enjoy. And I also said that I was going to um, read all of Brandon Sanderson's works, but I did adopt adapt that one fairly early in the year when I realized that I was um, reading a lot more in my backlog. So around April, I decided that I was going to be kind of looking at the backlog of books that I had, um, which I think you guys just recently heard in a podcast because we're a little bit backed up in our release schedule. So I'm pretty sure I just talked about that like (laughs) two episodes ago. Um, But in real time, it was like seven months ago. So I ended up for meeting those goals. I read 107 books. I um, DNF'd two, which is real growth. Yeah, I mean, zero to two. That's good. Um, 200% more, you could say. (laughs) And I also, um, as far as Brandon Sanderson, that kind of went on the stand still, but I did really kind of go through some of that backlog of my Goodreads. I got rid of all of by either reading or deciding I didn't want to read. Everything that I'd put on my TBR in 2012, 2013, 2014, and 2015. That's a lot. And so yeah. I cleared out a lot of backlog on my TBR. Um, I even I have it down to about 350 books now, where at its high point it was at like 500. So you know, like progress. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Did you say how many books you read this year? 107. I think I did. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Um, so another thing we did this year, which we've never done before, is we kind of did a little bit of grunt work of tracking kind of our genres of reading. I will note that my tally mark list added up to 86, and I uh, read 107 books. I don't know how I missed 20, <laughs> but I wasn't going back and redoing it. So uh, this is not accurate, but it's close enough. Nice. Um, so how many nonfiction did you read this year? What was your like nonfiction I fiction split? Nine. Yes. Oh I wait. Re- oh wait. We were <clears throat> counting poetry as nonfiction, right? No. I w- well, we could. Sure. Let's count it. Okay. So I read ten, and then of my short stories, I think three of those were nonfiction. So probably twelve or thirteen. Okay. I read um, with with poetry sixteen nonfiction. Um, and, and one book of short stories. And so then that makes 59 fiction. So yeah. I think I was like a little bit lighter on nonfiction than the year before, but it was kind of a rough year. I just like, I checked a lot of nonfiction books at library and didn't read them because I just couldn't pick it. I couldn't like read the, that kind of stuff this year as much. Yeah. And I do a lot of my nonfiction reading on audiobook. Most of my nonfiction is an audiobook. Um, and a lot of the ones I read were a little bit heftier than normal. Like I, listen to what happened by Hillary Clinton and that's like 600 pages um and I listened to Michelle Obama's book Becoming which is another like 350 so a lot of my nonfiction were longer nonfiction, um which was nice but I think meant I listened to less right um did any genres like so we read 13 books for the podcast mm-hmm. for one and then did any genres like stick out to you like that you read lots of i read at least 30 <clears throat> fantasy books wow i read 15 fantasy i read at least 30 fantasy books wow <laughs> i am um, clearly that's where i gravitate when i'm feeling like i need some comfort mm-hmm. i think that that has become rapidly more apparent. I do feel like though, I kind of think I'm aging out of YA fantasy, not all YA fantasy. Cause there's still good mm-hmm. YA fantasy in there. Um, but I read a lot of series that had been on my TBR for a long time because I was back reading so far. And, uh, I know when I put them on my TBR, I was really excited about them but they just didn't have enough depth to them anymore. Mm. And then the adult fantasy um, that I read this year or the new adult kind of young adult, adult bridging fantasy that kind of fits both um, were much more engaging. Um, And so while I still love me some good YA fantasy um, for like a quick read, it definitely I think is starting to phase out of the majority of my fantasy reading is like balancing out to be more 50-50 YA, 50-50 adult fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Let's see. Yeah. I also, I read, I often say when people ask me what kind of books I like, I say historical fiction. And this year I read seven, which I think is more than the year before. But for some reason in my mind, like that's what I love the most, but I don't actually read it as much as I think. I only read five. Yeah. Um, I read a lot of children's books, which is no surprise. I'm a teacher. Um, I read 12 um, read aloud books this year that counted for my reading because I'm reading them out loud um, (laughs) to a classroom full of children. They totally count. (laughs) I read 12 of those. That's funny. I read one because I I got it requested library thinking it was an adult book because it was by an adult author that I love. And then it came and it was a children's book. So I still read it. The Khaled Hosseini one. Yeah. Um, and then I, my other, my largest category, 
um, with 20 books was just uh, general fiction, not like a genre, like a literary fiction, which um, definitely like 20 of those and 15 fantasy. That's the bulk of my reading this year. Yeah, I would say I had eight or nine um, fiction books. I'm saying eight or nine because, you know, my numbers are so off. <laughs> I had three or four romance books, three or four crime books. So everything else is kind of evenly spread after you get out of the fantasy yeah. divide. Um, yeah, I feel pretty good about how this year's reading went. Um, so now we're going to get into our favorite part of this episode, um, where every year we like to give um, 1001 Books Podcast awards in several categories to books that we read this year. Not necessarily books that came out in 2019, but just books that came to us mm-hmm. in 2019. There's that really famous quote about how like, a, a book comes to you when you need it. Yeah. Um, and so that is the premise for these awards. And so just consider them a, a list of recommendations from us to you. Yeah. Um, the first category is the best nonfiction book we read this year. Chelsea? So my best nonfiction book was Evicted um, by Desmond Matthew. And I know I talked about this in a previous podcast episode. He's the reporter that went and lived um, in inner city oh my gosh I forgot what city it was because I read this at the beginning of the year um I want to say it was like Ohio or something and Ohio's he- a state <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving this in <laughs> listeners I know that <laughs> she's teaching the children of America it's okay it's fine okay well somewhere in Ohio maybe Columbus I don't know. I don't remember what city, but it's a really good book. Don't let yeah. my ignorance. You talked you. about it in the jungle episode. Yeah. yeah. So recently, you just recently heard my yes. uh, recommendation for this book. I it stuck with me. I've thought about it a lot. I think that it was a great nonfiction. It was a good read. It was interesting. So yeah, it's my recommendation. Yours? Um, my best nonfiction book this year was Educated by Tara Westover. Which I know I talked about on the podcast also at some point. This is like her memoir about being mm-hmm. raised in a fundamentalist uh, family and 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 getting very little education and then kind of like leaving that in order to get an education. And it was on all the bestseller lists. Yeah, it lives up to the hype. It's good. Yeah. Uh, second category: best young adult book. So in this best young adult book category, I'm super excited. That I get to say I finally read Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. <laughs> um, and while I don't necessarily think like John Green's storylines, I think sometimes leave a little bit to be desired. But I just because really. Because they're all identical. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked. This one was vaguely different. Mm-hmm. I really liked um, his, just his representation of anxiety. And I really liked like a first person account of anxiety and reading it. Um, and I was talking with my. A uh, younger cousin who she's 16 um, and we were just talking about how real the representation that he gives for anxiety is um, and then it, her mom my aunt um, was saying how she related to it so across like all these ages mm-hmm. people um, that I know were able to relate to his way he represents anxiety and I just felt like that was really powerful to me and Um, while I only rated it as a four-star book, it wasn't a five-star read. I still feel like it was kind of the best of what I read this year for that category. Okay. Uh, my best YA was On the Come Up by Angie Thomas. Mm. So this is the author who wrote, uh, (laughs) Hate You Give. Hate You Give, which was excellent. And this is her second book. Um, and it's about like a, a young person in the same neighborhood that the, 
um, on the mm-hmm. on that the hate you give is set in, and uh, and she's like wants to make it as a rapper, and she starts um, kind of rapping about her true experience and gets like attention that she doesn't want necessarily, and it was just really good. It, it really I feel like was a window into like a t- part of our society, like mm-hmm. a, a common type of a neighborhood, you know, and. Um, and so, yeah, I just appreciated it for that, for giving me that window. And I feel like it, it had a lot to say for a YA book, you know? Yeah. Andy Thomas is just really good. Yeah. She's a really good writer. Uh, and if you haven't seen the movie adaptation of The Hate You Give, you should see it. I have it's not. Excellent. I watched it on a plane and bawled my eyes out. Oh, God. Um, yeah. So, Angie Thomas for the win. Um, our next category is Best Fiction. What did you choose for this? Um, I chose The Testaments by Margaret Atwood, which I just read pretty recently. So this is her like late sequel um, to Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. Tale. <laughs> Handmaid's You're really Tale. struggling with other. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write it down. I don't remember it. Um, to The Handmaid's Tale. And I read The Handmaid's Tale like in high school. And so I remember the plot in general, but not like a ton of the details. And so this book picks up and it follows the storyline of three women, a young girl who's like been born in the society mm-hmm. and is raising it, a young girl who is living like in Canada in like a normal world, and then an older woman who's like one of the aunts who like the inf- women enforcers of the oppressive system. And she was a character in The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. And so they like they intertwine. And it's about it's like set years later and it's about kind of the downfall of the like of the so country. Interesting. Um and it was just it was just really good. We lo- you know, we know how we love Margaret Atwood and and this book um the politics in it were really interesting and it was really interesting to see how growing up in the oppressive society affected that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just it was a five-star read for sure. What about you? Um I chose a book it's it's a loose fit into this category. It is a fiction novel, but it's a graphic novel. Um, but it didn't really fit anywhere else, and I just really loved it. Um, it's called White Bird by R.J. Palacio. Um, and it is a companion, like, story to Wonder, but based off of other characters and then kind of diverges and goes and talks about, in graphic novel form, a girl who's in hiding in World War II. Um, And it was beautifully done. And at the very end, it made this beautiful connection um, to today's immigrant crisis um, and how it just made this gorgeous connection to how we choose to otherize people and did it very simply and very succinctly and very sweetly um after it had just like torn your heart out with this story and so Mm. i really really enjoyed it it's a quick read because it's a graphic novel um but i think it was pretty powerful nice um our next category is best series that we read something from or or finished this year what was yours i got an easy out because i finished throne of glass this year (laughs) which is the series that we both said last year i was like none of my other series this year were really like standouts and so i was like yes (laughs) throne of glass (laughs) mine is the um three dark crowns series by kendari blake so i read there's five books and I read the sec- last two this year, mm-hmm. one in January and one in December, I think. Um, and it's, so it's really good fantasy, young adult, well, kind of like 
tweener yeah. like a d- fantasy series about like this magical land where there's always three queens and their sisters and they have to like fight to the death to become the big queen mm-hmm. um and, but then like the the land itself the magic is in the land is like rebelling um and it's good it's good like re- super well written and it actually it had an ending that didn't pull any punches which, which is nice is rare something that was kind yeah. of that genre so i enjoyed that about it um, our next category is a new author, either new to you or new to the scene, either is fine, that you enjoyed this year. Uh, this year I discovered uh, Mary Robinette Cowell, Cole Cowell, who wrote and who wrote the Calculating Stars, um, which is like one of the best books I read this mm-hmm. year. Outstandingly good about um, what if a meteor hit Earth like in 1950 mm-hmm. and um, and it destroyed Washington, D.C. And then we, we, we humanity realized that it was like an extinction event and we needed to get. And so we accelerated this beginning of the space program because global warming is happening. Uh, and so it's and the main character is a woman. And like and so it's like simultaneously like it's about feminism. It's about um, it's like a allegory for climate change this is that we're in for real and it's uh, about the birth of the space program like similar but in a different mm-hmm. timeline uh and it's just like it's also like a, your average like your basic disaster um mm-hmm. story and it was so good and it's a duology and i've been waiting to read the second one because i want to savor it you uh-huh. know i don't want to read it too soon afterwards because uh, i just read this one at the end of the year but yeah i'm definitely gonna go through her catalog next year nice. i think yeah what about you um, I said Catherine McKenzie. I read her book Smoke this year. She isn't exactly new to me because I've read one of her books before about like six years ago. Um, but she's an adult author, um, adult fiction, just like general mass publication kind of fiction. Um, but I like her books because her writing style is just really easy to read. Um, so it reads in an easy way, like YA, but it addresses adult concepts. Mm. So it was nice because it's that brain break I want when I'm reading sometimes where I just like, I'm, I don't need to read something difficult right now. Um, but for example, this book smoke in particular is looking at, um, a woman who used to be a firefighter and kind of like the possible, dissolving of her marriage surrounding Mm. around the scene of this wildfire that's um threatening the home that her and her husband built together and it's just it's really good but it didn't feel like heavy and hard to read Mm -hmm. and so um I think I'm going to be finishing her catalog she's like four or five books that I haven't read because I'd read the one before and then this one and so I just feel like I think I'm going to be finishing her catalog because it was nice to get that YA easy read feeling but have more complex like yeah adult topics yeah I kind of love how almost all the books we picked we've talked about on the podcast before because they stood out when we read them and then they've lasted right and you may not have heard about them yet listeners because we have a lot of episodes recorded we haven't released but but we have talked about them so you will hear about them again in the past future whatever in the past future (laughs) um what book was the biggest surprise to you this year? Um, so I'm this is I'm gonna say a podcast book for Woo! the first time on this today. Um, the Jungle by Upton Sinclair, mm, um, which is an episode mm, you just listened to. Yeah, listeners. I think because I expected it based on what I learned in high school history class to be about slaughterhouses and not a lot mm-hmm. else, but then it ended up being this incredible story about immigration written by a social activist that was incredibly relevant. For today. So um, 
that so it was like I thought it would be fine, but then it turned out to be really better. Good. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Um, I said the last one by Oliva Alexander. Um, and this is a weird book. It's I don't think I talked about it on the podcast. It's just weird. It's like um Survivor meets Blair Witch Project meets Crazy Plague that wipes out three quarters of the population. <laughs> and it's um told in a way, it was a surprise because I thought it was gonna be this straightforward, like weird survival book. Um, but like what the way I thought it was going to happen was not what happened. So the way the story is told, um, and you get this right away, you know, this is what's going on is the woman has no idea that there's been a plague Oh, because she's supposed to be out on this wilderness show. And so you're getting snippets of like news articles or of a omniscient, um, Omniscient. omniscient omniscient narrator like kind of saying what was happening mm-hmm. but the woman has no idea so it was like a cool conceit and it really surprised surprised me how interesting I thought it was mm. um whereas I thought I was going in for just like a you know basic quick kind of horror kind of interesting yeah. thing but it was really engaging in that I had never read something presented that way so yeah nice um what this is a fun one what is the worst book you read this year and i have to say that if this category is usually going to be a podcast book because yeah. i don't read books that i don't like if it's not for the podcast i don't finish them. yeah no i don't either so what book Anymore. is your worst book i said nightwood by dejuna barnes i just feel like this is an upcoming episode yeah you guys haven't heard this yet um so spoilers i just didn't think anyone was likable in the book like, I just didn't think there was anything likable. I didn't think it told the message it wanted to tell. Um, I just, I didn't like it. And it was hard to read. Like, all all the things that I don't like that I'm very clear about not liking happened. Yeah, that's one when we were like, yes, I think this is read just by academics now because of the ways that it's foundational, but it's not story-wise yeah. like a read that people are casually reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, my book, also a podcast book. Port Nose Complaint by Philip Roth. Yeah. This one has come out. Um, this was this book was just 250 pages of a white man complaining about his penis, and I just couldn't do it. It was it made me physically angry to yeah, read. It. Like, it I had to take good. breaks because I was angry at a book. That's a bad book. Yeah, it wasn't good. That was a close second. <laughs> um, our last category is a book we just can't stop thinking about. So this book I'm going to say is like, it's in my like top four or five for this year. Like super good. And I read it in the 24 and 48 readathon last January. So it's really stayed with me. Uh, and it's called There There by Tommy Orange. So this is about... Um, um, it's about, there's a there's a powwow kind of in the present, um, and people are coming from all over the country to come to this powwow, and you're meeting like the people who are who are going to end up at the powwow like in their past, and it's and and they're all like Native American from different different tribes, different parts of the country, and they're all kind of highlighting different parts of Amer- of Native American history, like when Native Americans occupied Alcatraz, mm-hmm. or like or issues in their community, alcoholism in in um, in their community, and and kind of highlighting like just like a very broad overview and then they get to the powwow at the end and something surprising happens and um and it really like we don't mean i don't haven't read a lot of native american authors Mm -hmm. you know and the the authors is native american and and it was it was just powerful and it made me like want to seek out 
more stories like this, um, which I did this year. And, um, and it's just really, yeah, it's really stuck with me. Like when I like think about the Native American experience, I'm coming back to this book a lot mm-hmm. now. So what about you? Um, mine that I read, it's similar to yours. It's one that I like made me question and made me angry and made me think about something that's still an issue right now. Um, and it is a false report, a true story of rape in America. Um, and it was written by Christian Miller and it's a nonfiction book that follows a woman from our area who was raped about 15 years ago at this point or 10 years ago at this point. Um, and the police basically forced her to recant her story and say that she was lying and making a false report. And then five years down the line, um, in Colorado, and you know, this, like this is all presented at the beginning. Um, they caught the serial rapist and she, the woman in Linwood, um, which is a town in Washington, somewhere near us, um, was the, the one of his first people that he had raped. And if they had believed her and followed through, they could have saved so many women pain. Um, and it was just infuriating. Um, I think it's being turned into a Netflix. It is a Netflix. I couldn't watch it. It was too much for me. I couldn't watch something about rape. And anyways, yeah, mm -hmm. it was, I read it and it was already a lot. Um, and then when I saw it was on Netflix, I tried to watch the first episode and like the woman they cast, like, it looked like it's really well done. So if you're someone who can watch that, um, but you're not sure that you want to put the time into the book, you just kind of want to watch an episode and see if you're interested. Um, it looked like it was really well done, but it was especially after having read all the infuriating things that happen over the course yeah. of the book. I just couldn't. Um, but I just, it was really interesting and it was a really interesting look at how not always, but often white men in position of power um, don't hear or don't want to hear when a woman is reporting a violent crime like that. Um, And so it was very, I think, relevant to today still. I mean, it was not that long ago. And I think it also is very um, important that things like that are published. Yeah. So... So that was a snapshot of our reading lives in 2019. I hope you found some good recommendations. Yeah, we ended on a real happy well, note with well, our last two. Clearly, yeah. we had a lot of uh, serious thoughts in 2019. <laughs> 2019 was a weird year. <laughs> Everyone yeah. can agree to that. Um, but we um, are so happy that you've stayed on this journey with us. Um, we know it's been a little bit of a slower year, but we are excited for 2020. Um, and if you tune in to our next episode, you will get to hear some of our kind of goals and resolutions and things we're going to be looking forward to in the year. Um, in the meantime, if you want to, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 1001bookspod or on Litzy at 1001bookspodcast. Or you can email us at 1001bookspodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to answer some of our categories it's what your yeah. favorites were for the year or what we stuck with some you recommendations um so until next time happy, happy reading, reading.